Welcome to the Unity Works Podcast, where we'll share positive insight on today's topical and sometimes controversial topics. The discussion is shaped through the lens of unity and acceptance while focusing on our community, families, and the workplace. Life works better when we come together. Here's your host, Daryl Ross. Hello and welcome to the Unity Works Podcast. Just thrilled that you're here. I'm your host, Daryl Ross. Today, we're talking about leadership beliefs. What's your buffalo? I know that's a strange title. Stick with me. I think you'll really enjoy this episode. But first things first, if you haven't already done so, please hit subscribe, share our podcast link with a friend. Truly appreciate that. Let's dig in. Have you ever wondered, why do people follow leaders? I know you're probably thinking, oh, Daryl, because you have to. (laughs) Yeah, I know. If it's the director or a CEO, for example, I understand. In a way, you kind of have to, part of the corporate line. But I'm thinking more of a grander scale, like what drives interest in one leader more so than another? I think a few answers could be his or her professionalism, maybe skill set, ability, could be transparency. Could be some leaders recognize employees more and the great work they do. I think it's the big T word, trust. But either way, there's one more quality we often overlook, and that's belief. Yeah, belief. What does the leader believe? What drives them? What can they passionately communicate to their team? It's kind of funny. We can tell when they don't do that, can't we? Have you ever been in a meeting or some kind of a conference, and the leader is speaking, and they're rolling out some new initiative or a project, and I don't know what it is, but something tells you they don't believe it themselves. You know what I mean by that? Like, you can totally sense it. You don't know what it is. Their tone, their words, their energy, something about what they're saying, just you know they're going through the ropes, that they really don't buy in themselves. So in other words, you can read the leader. You can read the room little heads up for you. If you're a leader listening right now, the room can read you too. So what drives you? What's what's important to you? What's your belief? Quick story. Years ago, I was honored to be hired as a stand-in. Now, if you're thinking, what is a stand-in? I was thinking the exact same thing. I thought, is it a stunt person? I don't do stunts, right? It's not a stunt person. Maybe you didn't know this, but every movie you can think of hires stand-ins. And the stand-in typically is the same height, weight, complexion of the actual actor. See, there are so many hours on the set and rather having the actual actor stand there in the light or the angle all day long, what they'll do, they'll hire a stand-in who looks and resembles the actor and they'll put the lighting and camera angles on the stand-in instead. Does that make sense? So I was a stand-in for the actor Louis Gossett Jr. If you don't know who that is, Google him, Louis Gossett Jr. He won his Oscar for supporting role for the movie An Officer and a Gentleman. Great movie. And he's a really, really amazing actor, really kind person as well. And I was thrilled to be his stand-in. About 6'3", African-American, my complexion, it was perfect. They put me in every single piece of wardrobe that he wore. So they would have me in all of the spots where Louis Gossett Jr. would stand for the camera angles, the lighting. And then they would go, all right, stand-ins out, actors on set, just like that. And then the real actor would step in and I'd step off. Now I'd stay near 
because I wanted to watch how movies are made. Thought it was fascinating. So think of your favorite actors from Meryl Streep, Brad Pitt, Denzel Washington. They all have a stand-in. All right, so that's what I'm doing. So really cool. I got to learn and watch how a movie was made. And that was fascinating. I watched every single scene. Matter of fact, the director gave me a script I could kind of follow along. And the first thing I learned was they don't shoot movies in order. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you already knew that. I didn't know that. Like they literally are all over the place. Could be because of timing or weather when an actor was available, but they might shoot the ending first or the middle and kind of bounce around. So it's really important for the actors and really everyone on set to be mindful. What part are we in and where is our focus? So one more thing I learned that all of the people working on the movie aren't there the entire time. So some of the crew, for example, now obviously the director, the director of photography, the main leadership, they're all there. But some of the crew come and go. I had no idea. So maybe for two months, these particular people are on the set and they move on to a different movie. And then we get new people. Happened all the time. So it happened on this movie. By the way, the movie is called Toy Soldiers. Toy Soldiers. Check it out. That was a stand-in for Lewis Gossett Jr. Anyway, so I'm sitting at lunch one day and we got two new production assistants to our movie. And they couldn't have been more than 24, 25 years old. And they were at a movie in Wyoming. And the amazing thing was they were so vocal and complaining about the movie they were just on. And it was kind of interesting to hear because, you know, most of us will see a movie once it's in the theater, once it's on, you know, HBO, Netflix, they see it when it's being created. So they have some inside information, you know? So I was just listening. So they were going on and on about how terrible the movie was in Wyoming. Matter of fact, the one girl said, I'm not even going to put that on my resume. That was the worst experience ever. So I had to ask, I went, excuse me, I'm Daryl Mustandin. Uh, what happened? What movie were you on? Well, we were on a movie set in Wyoming about three months. It was the worst time of my life. The director, she did that and put air quotes by her head. The director wanted to fly in Buffalo, Buffalo, like 2000 pound beast. We had like hundred of them and they were running all over the place. There's Buffalo mess everywhere. It was the worst experience ever. Trust me, whenever that movie comes out, I don't even know the name of it. Whenever it comes out, it's not worth the money. Just don't go to it. Just like that. So I let them vent, finish out their story, and I stayed on and finished my contract about three more months, and then I was done. So we're all good. Went well. I'm in the movie theater. Fast forward. It's the year 1990, and I'm with three friends of mine, and we're watching a movie. And all of a sudden, I see on the screen, Buffalo. And I go out loud, Buffalo. Buff Buffalo. And my friend goes, yeah, Daryl, it's Buffalo. I said, no, 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 Buffalo. This is that movie. This has to be the movie. Come on. How many Buffalo movies are there? This is the movie. This is the movie. And my friend's like, D, relax. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, this is the movie, Buffalo. And I was just so amazed because everything those girls said about the movie was wrong. 
It was awesome. It was an amazing experience to watch. Probably one of the best parts of the movie. And I got chills as I watched it and then realized, man, what an experience. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, look up the movie Dances with Wolves. If you've seen it, yes, it's a little long, but man, it's fantastic. And check this out. It went on to win seven, count them, seven Academy Awards, including Best Picture and, air quotes, Best Director. (laughs) It sure did. Just so you know, the director and star of the movie was Kevin Costner. So if you haven't seen it, you know, you probably can catch it on TNT or TBS or whatever. You definitely can rent it or see it on one of the streaming channels, but it's truly amazing. So I got a little curious and had to research Dances with Wolves. I found out that the Buffalo scene was going to cost the movie studio extra money, but Kevin Costner as the leader fought for that scene. He needed to get the funding from the studio to get the Buffalo scene in the movie. He believed that Buffalo's were very important to complete the story. He wanted to show how Native Americans respected and honored the buffalo and needed them for food and clothing. It was a powerful message. As a director with a leader, his belief, his passion about the buffalo was palpable. It was a source of inspiration for the entire team and the studio. This is a great reminder of the power of your beliefs as a leader. A great way to get your team to follow you is to share with your team. Share your passion, your vision, and your beliefs. My question for you is this. What's your buffalo? What's your buffalo as a leader? What's the initiative, the project, or cultural footprint you want to make within the organization? Your team will follow authentic and passionate principles. Share with your team what drives you. So together, you can move the needle forward for the team and the organization. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Just remember, for any initiative or project to get your team on board, you have to be on board first. What's your belief? Do you believe in it yourself? Share your passion. Share your energy. Share your buffalo. Life works better when we come together. Talk to you all next week.